Today is the 27th of February. I am Charlie Eden, your host as usual. On this episode, I sat with my friend Layla Kagan by the piano. She's got music out on Spotify and she's working on an album. We're going to talk about her entire music career and the songs that she's putting out soon. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Lounge Talk. I am here sitting by a piano with my friend Layla Kagan. Hello. Where are you from? I'm from Bichemish, Israel. Nice. And why are we sitting in front of a piano? Um, because I write songs on piano. She's a published musician. I'll do a little shameless plug before we really start. Check her out on Spotify, Apple Music, and other music platforms. Mm-hmm. Jemima Layla. Nice. J E M I M A L A Y L A. Nice. Her tag is actually in the bio of this episode, so you can find it there. So I want to just start off from square one. The title of this podcast is, quote, Making a Musician. Mm-hmm. And I've done podcasts with people who make music, if you want to listen to the Lee and Andrew episode, the COVID quarantine special, another oh, shameless plug. And what we talked about in that, epi- in that episode was a lot of just their music playing now in the few months that they've been together on the program that we're doing. So what I want to talk, kind of talk about with you and the direction I want the podcast to go in is your entire story and how you kind of became a published musician. So I really want to start from square one, which is... Was your, I guess I'll phrase it like this, were your first words songs? So I don't want to be one of those people that is like, from the second I opened my mouth, I started singing. I would say, okay, my mom was very into like having chugim, like um, after school activities. And like, this is before I started school. So from being like a toddler, like I was in dance and I was in hip hop. um, I was in tennis. I was in like a ton of random things. And she put me in piano lessons, that didn't stick. She put me in guitar lessons, that did not stick. She put me in voice lessons, and that stuck for, like, 10 years. Um, Voice lessons is the only thing that, like, is consistent in my life. So I guess from, from the moment I, like, became aware of music, I was randomly singing. Right. So, obviously, based on what we're gonna hear, I'm gonna ask you to perform some music, the piano eventually came back into your life. Yeah. So when you were a kid then, why do you think the piano and the guitar didn't do well compared to the voice lessons that did very well that you still do? So to be honest, I think it has to do with how easy it was in the beginning. Um, Guitar, I remember like having so much difficulty with like notes and chords and like my fingers weren't long enough and like it was, it felt like a chore to go to class. Um, Same with piano. Like I was in piano for two years, I think when I was like, very small and I don't know it just it was like a thing I had to do I had my mom was making me go to these lessons and then my first voice teacher who I was with her for like four or five years out of the ten it was just more of like this is kind of like not the nicest but like it wasn't the most professional level of classes so I was basically just coming singing songs like it wasn't something that I had to work for I wasn't practicing at home it wasn't like this big thing. It was just me doing what I liked, which was singing. Were you some sort of prodigy in that did your music teacher or voice teacher, I guess, kind of realize or say to you that you had a better voice than the average person in the class? 
No. It was it was a one-on-one like I I've had actually a lot of different music things like I was in a setting of one-on-one lessons I was in a setting of a duo with me and my friend who I still play music with to this day um, and I've been in like classes of like choirs and I've been in a bunch of stuff I've never felt like singularly like better um, I was I wasn't like an individual that was a prodigy. I think I was just normal like everyone else, but I did feel better than the average person who didn't right. take lessons. So <clears throat> something that, that catches my ear that I kind of want you to elaborate on is if you felt like you weren't better than the average musician in your choir, etc., why maybe they are doing what you're doing and putting music out there, but a lot of people don't do that. So why do you think you, as, as opposed to other people, if you don't necessarily think you're better, quote unquote, made it in a sense, whereas others didn't because I've been in, I've, d- I've done a lot of like after school activities. For example, when I was in middle school, I did art activities and I wasn't that good. So that's the reason I would say that I kind of faded out of that. I did that for a couple of years and that was it. But, but for example, basketball, I did basketball in middle school and I guess I was quote unquote good enough that I could continue to play. And in which case the people who, who didn't make the team in middle school, they kind of faded out of that yeah. activity once once we continued on to high school. So I'm curious what you think about that and why you, why you, I'll call it successful, I mean successful in continuing your passion for music while yeah. others aren't necessarily. So I have friends that like I've been in these music settings with them that I know like write music and like don't do anything with it. Um, and sometimes I'm like, they are so much better than me. Like their, their writing level, their singing level, their technique, everything. I think the main difference is the support I have. Um, my environment, ever since I was a child singing, like, singing not good, like I was babbling. My family was always like, oh, go sing this at our birthday, do this for us. Like my, my family really, really supported me. I was never like told to be quiet. I was always told to sing more. Um, and they, at any opportunity I have of like performing, they, they genuinely pushed me. I think my dad the most, like, I think he's kind of living his music dream through me. Um, and the support I get from him is, is immense. Like, w- whether it's like money, like sending me to these classes and producing an album is not cheap and he's fully supporting me through that. Um, but also the emotional thoughts of like, just get on a stage, just right. do it, like put your music out there. Do you think it's a healthy thing for your father to be living his dream through you? It might, pl- it might be playing out in your life in a healthy way, but I think there's a classic movie trope in which if, if a kid wants to be a certain way, but their parent wants them to be another way, and you'll get this thing where the parent is trying to push the kid, and eventually they get to this huge giant fight, and that's kind of like the climax of whatever your movie wa- yeah. you're watching. The most recent that comes to mind is King Richard, is the movie about the, the Williams sister's father, and he's kind of living out his tennis dream through them, and then things kind of like boil, and you, eventually they figure it out, but the point is, that things kind of boil up. So do you think it's a healthy process for your dad to be living the dream through you? And I, it seems to me that it's playing out in a healthy way. Maybe yeah. I'm totally wrong. You can tell me, but what, what are your thoughts on that? So I think I got lucky that my passion was his passion. Um, there are times where I'm like, I'm sad for him that he didn't get to live out what he wanted to. Um, he used, He was a guitar player and he played for years and years. Um, he had this like dream of himself and when he didn't reach that, um, he kind of like stopped playing. Um, but he pushes me to not stop 
even if I feel like I'm shit and like not good. Right. So do you see, looking down the road, do you see in theory a moment where you kind of wake up one day and you're like, eh, I'm not that good at this anymore and just stop? Or do you want, do you want this music dream to, it doesn't necessarily have to be your career because obviously we can do things. Like I love playing chess. I'm not going to be a chess grandmaster. You know, I'm going to have to do something else and I can play on the side. Do you, so it doesn't have to be your career necessarily, but do you see your music career, I'm doing air quotes, as something that will never die? It can never die. Like I, it has become such a big like tool for me that I cannot imagine I cannot imagine life without it. Um, I was watching Coco today. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Um, and in the movie, like, there was this whole plot line, and basically someone said, you can continue, you can go back to your life, but, like, you won't be able to play music ever again. And right. I thought about that, and I was like, obviously, obviously, I wouldn't, I, if I was in that, uh, yeah, I would not For those who haven't seen the music. movie, the, the kid is dead in the, in in, in like the Mexican afterlife yeah. and basically his, his, someone from his family is like I'll help you get back if you never play music again yeah um, so obviously I would, I would take that um, proposition but I just imagined for a second what my life would be if I could not play if I could not sing if I could not write and it just felt very dull um, I think it, it makes me unique um, and not only makes me unique it makes me able to go through this life so this is going to be our first live music break. So it's something that we're going to do a few times throughout the episode. I want you to play something now. I mean, you can play whatever you want, but my, mm -hmm. my suggestion would be we've been talking about the early stages of your music career. So I guess if you could find something, find a song that is from the early stages of your piano career. Hmm. I, imagine, I imagine it's not going to be some like musical masterpiece, of course, because you've obviously improved. Although no offense to younger <laughs> to younger Layla, but if you want to uh, play something, by all means, go ahead. Um, so I don't have music from like early earlier. I have from this batch of songs that I started writing during COVID. Um, I wrote this song, I think about Hartman. I think about getting the 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 yes or no if I got in. Um, let me just figure this out. So for those who aren't sure, Hartman is the program that Layla and I are on together. I haven't played this in a very long time. 12 minutes till the world changes, 12 minutes till I'm okay. I'm waiting by the phone for an answer. Till I hear some news Twelve minutes to win or lose I'm holding on the hope I'm letting go of the smoke From the bad dreams Telling me I won't win Telling me I'm baking up my talents And I'm fake Bad dreams holding me in my sleep Telling me I'm worthless And I'm real easy to break So go in for 30 seconds about 
what this song means to you. More than just, I guess more than just the meaning of the words. Does that song mean anything as a piece of art? Um, as a piece of art, this is a diary entry. Um, I have songs that like have nothing to do with what I'm experiencing and they're like complete fiction. And then I have songs that I'm genuinely working through my emotions. Um, so if you can consider journaling art, um, this is, this is that. Right. Nice. So I want to move on to what I'm going to, I'm going to call it the second stage of your music career, even though like, I don't know how your life has gone exactly day by oh, day. Wait, I just want to stop you for a sec. Cause I just noticed, uh, the song's 12 minutes. I'm talking about 12 minutes. I wrote this December 28th, 2020 at 11:48, meaning it was genuinely 12 minutes right. before I got the answer. Oh, so nice. I think that's a cool okay. fact. Yeah, that is a cool fact. So I'm going to call this stage of the podcast, the second stage of your music life, mm -hmm. even though that's probably not super accurate is when you started to put music out on Spotify, etc. So correct me if I'm wrong, right now you're working on an album. Yes. So we will get to that <laughs> later. I wanna talk about the music that you've already put on there. And first off, do you know what your first song was out? I have currently one song. Okay, so you only have one song. Yeah, Easy I, answer. I currently have one song that's out on all platforms. When I was younger and like doing recitals, I think my mom put all my music on YouTube. Um, but it was all covers. Um, I started uploading to YouTube original stuff like during COVID, during that that like era of writing, um, and it was very like non-professional, like me with a camera, a microphone, like that was it, just filming my piano in my living room. Um, the song that I put out on Spotify, I recorded with um, the head of my choir who genuinely did me a favor. I didn't pay for it. I just asked him, I want to write this song for my sister. Do you want to help me? And he did. That's really nice of uh, him or her. Him. That's really nice of him. So when you put that song out on Spotify, I can tell you from a personal experience, every time I put a podcast out on Spotify, I feel very accomplished. I, I like to tell people that I don't do this podcast for other people, that I do it for myself. And one way that that, sh that illustrates itself in my life is every time I hit publish, I, the app I use is Anchor. Plug, thank you, Anchor. <laughs> Every time I hit publish on the app, this wave of satisfaction and relief and just genuine good feeling kind of washes over me. Yeah. So do, do you have that same experience putting yes. music out? Um, again, I released my song during COVID. I wrote it during COVID, released it during COVID. That was a very long period of time. Right. Um, and that was when I was doing nothing with my life. Like nothing was going on. Like obviously I think I was in senior year. So like I had this looking forward to graduating and going to Hartman where we are now and then eventually the army. Like I had these like things but I didn't have anything like personal going on. Um, and I remember I picked this song and I was like, I just, I wanna release something. Like I just, I want something out there. This was after like a very long period of time of just writing every day. And I had song after song after song. And like, obviously I didn't love them all. I still don't like a lot of them, but like I just wanted to do something with them because it felt like I'm not, I haven't fully finished the song until I've released it. Like that's the end, that's the end of the song. Does it hurt to not like your own music? In the songs that you do, that you do not like? Um, not really. I guess it's like, it adds into insecurity and like it adds into the whole, this song was crap, am I good enough? Should I continue, should I stop? Like it's, it kind of messes with your head a little bit. 
but I also know it's sometimes it's a hit or miss kind of situation and sometimes I just I don't have I guess the inspiration or sometimes I'm just not in the headspace to write a good song right I want to so you're kind of pushing us in a certain direction that I want to continue in which is talking about like the pressure and I guess a broader word that I would use is kind of the mental health of a musician yeah. so I'm sure you, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I'm not a musician myself, but I'm sure that in a lot of ways, music can be a great output for you if you're feeling, if you're feeling down and you kind of want to let some energy out and you need some sort of medium to do that. But like everything, in theory, it could go bad. So do you, do you find that if you're sitting at the piano and you can't think of anything, that that does you mental harm? Yes. Um... One of the best feelings in the world is when I'm in a bad mood and like something happened or even if nothing happened and I sit down and I produce this song that I love. Like I think it, it captures what I'm feeling and like I think other people would like it and it's catchy. And then the worst feeling that that does do harm to me is when I'm not okay and I'm like, okay, I need to release something. I need to do something productive. I need, I need to write. And then I'm sitting down and just nothing's coming out and either nothing comes out or like I do write something and I don't like it. Right. Um, so that hurts. So now that you're making an album, which I kind of want to start moving there, mm -hmm. do you find that, so we've had personal conversations off camera, I guess I'll call it, ab about how like some, some things in the album aren't necessarily working and you're like trying to figure out how, like how to, what music to use, how to put it in order, etc. So. Does that add a certain aspect to your life where it's like a heavy backpack on your shoulders and you're kind of carrying it around all day? Or is it the type of thing where when you're thinking about the album and you're doing work for it, it can be frustrating or maybe something else? So I started working on this in the summer before we got here and I would be at the studio for hours and for days. Like it was what I was doing. Um, I got back from like vacation and like I was here in the country and this is what I was doing. Um, and then I started Hartman and I was able to have like two online sessions a week and like dedicate time to it. And like when entering this new reality, it was really comforting to have something for my old life to work on. Um, and then at some point when I got more comfortable here and like things here were interesting that like I wanted to go out or I wanted to hang out with this person, my sessions online like just stopped happening. And then it was like, two months where I, I didn't have any session. Um, and I'm, I'm at the point where there isn't much left to do online and now I just have to physically go there and record things. Um, and it's really, really difficult for me that I don't have the time or the energy to, to be finishing this. And like, it's kind of become this thing where like, I want this to be done. Like, I want my music out. I want it to be done before the year ends. Like, I want, to finish this so yeah it's a little bit like this heavy thing on my back but less of like it's not really a negative thing and it's more of like i just want my music out there right what's the process of going to i'm guessing you recorded a studio yeah so what's the process of what would be the process of you have a song written you have the piano you want etc so in your album are you playing both the piano and singing so i'm not playing at all oh, okay um I think I am very lucky and because I was in so many like musical programs and like in my community center which shaped me as a artist and as a singer um, I had a friend there who I was like hey I want to release an album do you know any producers and he put me in touch with like three of his friends that produce music 
and the first one I called, I really liked his energy on the phone, and I was like, I have this song on the piano, I don't know about, I don't know anything about this process, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, I don't have any direction for what I want it to sound like, um, like, what do we do? And then he said, come, show me your songs, and my producer's name's Yair Bashan, he's incredible, um, he has music of his own, and like, he works with a ton of other artists, he works for the radio, like, he's, he's a very cool guy, um, I, I'm, I'm plugging him in here too. Yeah. Um, and I showed him some songs. I showed him a lot of songs because I did not know what I wanted on the album. So the first thing to do, figure out what songs you want to release. That's, that's the first thing you do, especially I came to him thinking I was going to release one song, like a single. And then he was like, why don't you do more? And I was like, why don't I do more? Um, the second I had multiple songs to pick instead of one song, it was very easy for me to pick. Um, and I picked what felt the most true to me, what felt like it was the most honest songs. Um, I go there, I sit down, I play the song to him. He's like, oh, I like this. He does magic on his computer, asks me, do you like this direction? I'm like, yes. And then we sit and work on that, on like what vibe we want it to sound like, what genre, all of that. Right. That sounds like a very lengthy process. So what direction is your album going in? Now that you've picked all the songs, like what's the mood of the album? Is it going to be a happy album, a sad album, a mix, something totally different? So I see it as singer-songwriter being 17 and 18. Like it's not really a mood. It's more of like a collection of songs that just like um, were very true to me at that time. Um, Looking back, I'm not sure if those are the, right, are the right choices. I'm not sure if they're the best songs I've written, but they feel like the best collections of songs that like show who I was at that time. Um, the album's called Insomniac, and basically all the songs are stuff that were going through my head while I was trying to fall asleep. Um, so there is a theme in, yeah. in the album, in the songs that you're choosing. Yeah. Do you think it matters that the theme isn't necessarily consistent to other people. For example, I could listen to this album, and to me, I could like all the songs individually, but to me, I could think, oh, the, the theme here doesn't make sense necessarily. I'm, again, I haven't listened to any yeah. of the music, so I have no idea. But is it comforting for you to know that no matter what anyone else thinks, in your own head, there's a theme, and it's about things that you thought of while you were going to bed? So, I personally, I don't feel the need to have a theme in an album. Um, the theme was a product of trying to find an album name because that's the album name is supposed to tie all the songs together, it's supposed to make sense. So that sense that I'm trying to find is this line that goes through all of them, which is the theme. Um, yeah, I don't... I want everyone to interpret the song and the album the way that it sits with them and like it's on some level that it's kind of a shame that I'm giving the album a name because then I'm like constricting, constricting it to Oh, thoughts, insomniac, thoughts you have before you sleep. So in that way, in that way, giving it the name insomniac actually helps your cause because that, that title only makes sense, quote, air quotes, or connects to you yeah. as an artist. Yeah. So you're hoping, what is your, uh, yeah, I'm actually curious about this. What is your hope as an artist giving someone a medium to feel their own emotion? Is it just, you, you just hope that they can take it and do with it whatever is best for them? Or do you give them a song with a mood and 
you're, you're, you're basically saying, if you are sad, listen to this song because it'll help you interpret your sadness. Hmm. I think on, on some type of level, I want to release this album because I want my music to be heard. Like I want my music out there. And it's kind of like, I guess you could say a selfish reason of like, I just want people to hear my music. Um, but then there's also this thing of, yeah, I want people to like be able to connect to it. And I feel like that's how I show myself that I've, that I'm like succeeded as a songwriter. If someone can see the song and like connect to it and it doesn't need to be the same way I connected it to it. Um, I think one of the coolest things in the world is when I show my friends songs and like they take it to a completely different place than when I was writing it. Yeah. So as a grand finale, if you're willing, could you play us something that's going to be on the album? Or if you're not willing, could you play something that you've written recently? Oh, I'd love to play something on the album. Ooh. Um, you know, I don't know if you've recorded any of this stuff yet, but if you haven't, I'm, sh I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, then technically this podcast would be the official copyright of the music, at least in America. Like that's, it, that's technically how it works. If you, your date of copyright, if you don't have an official copyright is when you first record it. Interesting. I have a lot of recordings of this. Okay, fine. So this doesn't, so this do, legally think, this doesn't matter at all. I think we're fine. Um, I'm thinking maybe I'll show this song, which is ironically, it seems like it's the most like, honest song about a boy or about a thing. Uh, spoiler, I wrote this about no one. I had no one in my life that I was writing this about. I was bored on, let's see, I was bored in May and I was just like, let's write a song. I thought of a few lyrics. Um, so yeah. What's it called? Wasted Away. This is probably gonna be track number one of the Ooh. album. to accomplish with this podcast is to sit down with one of my friends and more than pick their brain, also try to learn something about them. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I've succeeded greatly in that task today. And I'm very happy that I got to, that you taught me more about yourself through, through this piano that we're sitting in front of, but also just through your experience as a musician. So thank you very much for doing that. Okay, thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs>